pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. I'm just trying to impress Jane. Mm-hmm. You're not. <laughs> not that I want to speak for her, but she can tell yeah, you. Yeah, well, that's fine. Jane Slater from <laughs> she, the NFL she's a Network nice person, you know? on the Buyers Barricades guest line. You, you impressed, Jane? Uh, you know, it's uh, it, 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 it always signifies that it's time to talk football with you guys. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Thanks, Jane. Oh my goodness! So, uh, how much research have you done this week on Tommy DeVito? Uh, not much. I, I mean, I think we kind of knew this was happening, though, right? Uh, and it's unfortunate because. You know, the Eagles have, I mean, the Eagles, the Giants just haven't been able to get this thing together this year. Uh, you know, so sad about Tyrod Taylor. Now the Daniel Jones news and now this undrafted rookie quarterback. Well, I tell you what, it, it, the Giants are just kind of a mess right now. And it's, it's one of those games that you, you look at, the Cowboys shouldn't have any trouble with this thing. They should go in there, uh, take care of business on Sunday and then move on. But then the other side of the coin, you, you, you think, well, maybe the Cowboys are thinking the same thing. Th- that can't happen, can it, Jane? Well, look, anything can happen with the Cowboys. I think you guys have heard me come on here. But to your point, you know, looking at this Giants offense, even with Daniel Jones, they've got a league-worst 11.2 points per game, what they're averaging. And then we've also talked about the Cowboys and their strength home. They've won 11 straight. Uh this seems like a, a, a game that they would handily win. And, you know, talk, I caught up with Dak yesterday. I was not in the locker room day. It was one of those light locker room days and kind of a weird day because of the Sunday night schedule. But I was impressed with the confidence of the team. And the message they keep sending to everyone was, you know, look, they played one of the best in the league. And while, you know, we talked about this last week, they still don't have that signature win this season. They liked – the way that their quarterback played, Dak liked the way that they played, and this was a game that came within, you know, inches. Um, I was impressed with the play of Dak Prescott. I don't know about you guys. Unfortunately, you know, there were, you know, some costly penalties, namely in those final 27 seconds when it was a sack and two penalties at the end. They almost had that one. Jane Slater from the NFL Network here on the Blitz, and I tell you, Dak was fantastic. Uh, Although, a couple of mistakes, uh, the stepping out of bounds, yeah, hard to you know, hard to forgive. Like, how does that happen? But at the same time, Cowboys lose to the Eagles. Everybody's watching. You heard Joe in the Sports Center talking about the numbers, uh, the viewership numbers for that game. Yet Dak isn't taking the heat that normally follows a Cowboys loss. And and I think maybe it's because it was an interception. You can't argue with the numbers. Uh, it, it's almost like his big game reputation might have actually improved a little with some of the fans, even though they didn't win the game. Yeah. I mean, I think I I thought that he played a really gritty game. I do feel like he put this team on his back on this one. I think the frustrating thing about this team 
is that they never can really have it where it's all three phases, right? Like you'll have a dynamic performance from defense and special teams, a dynamic performance from deck. But for whatever reason, I feel like sometimes they struggle putting it all together and they just had these really costly road wins this year. I mean, the Cardinals, the 49ers, um, and now the Eagles. And I, I think the only pause that a lot of people have when talking about the, the Cowboys is the importance of, because I do think they're going to be a playoff team, but the importance of trying to find home field advantage. And right now they're two and a half games back. And if you look at this schedule right now, it sets up favorably for the Cowboys. Again, I just told you, won 11 straight going back to last season at home, four of their next five are at home. And if you look at the Eagles schedule, it's pretty tricky uh, moving, moving ahead. And so, and then we just found out about the Kobe Dean today, which is a little bit of a hit for them at linebacker uh, for the Eagles. And so this thing is tightening, but there's still, there's still an opportunity here for the Cowboys. The Cowboys just have to really go and seize that. But I think getting the Giants after a very close game like that one, I think is big for their confidence. Then, of course, they've got the Panthers, and then they come back here, and they have the Commanders on uh, Thanksgiving, and then they get Seattle. Well, yeah, it sets up well. And, and again, you mentioned that Philly's got a gauntlet that they've got to go through here over the next few weeks. Jane, with, with this schedule set up and with the Giants coming up and Carolina after that, I, I still am concerned about that run game. And and I think mm. at some point in time, especially going to Buffalo in December, you might need a run game uh, to get over the hump and that kind of stuff. What are the Cowboys saying about that? I know, um, you know, it, it set up well with Dak Prescott getting it done through the air, but I just think eventually they're going to need some yards uh, and some carries on the ground. I agree with you. You know, I was kind of shocked by this. Uh, Tony Pollard has not had a rushing touchdown since week one, and that was against the Giants. In fact, he had two in that one. But since then, I think the only 100-yard game he's had this season was against the Cardinals. And so they've just they've struggled to get this run game going this year. That's why I thought it was interesting, this Martavius Bryant signing this week. I got a text about it, and I'll be honest, maybe I'm just kind of slacking a little bit this season. I didn't even – put it out because I didn't know what to make of it. Uh, I just thought, ah, okay, they're giving him a look. But this is a guy that was suspended for five years. Now, granted, he played four years in the league, had 17 touchdowns. Um, but we haven't seen him since 2018. But in talking to one of my team sources today, they said, you know, they're always scouring the waiver wires. They, you know, they've done a lot of their due diligence as it relates to the XFL and the USFL. And look what they've gotten with Cavante Turpin and Braden Aubrey, two really good players from scouting that way. And they think that, you know, his workout was good enough. He has been playing XFL. He's with the Vipers. Uh, and they want to give him a chance to learn this offense. He's a big bodied receiver uh, that you can put out there. I just don't know why they're not using Brandon Cooks enough. But I guess my point in bringing all this up is it's almost like they're just kind of giving up on the run game a little bit, right? Like they're bringing in all these wide receivers. It doesn't really feel like they're that focused on the run game. Yeah, well, and, and, and I think maybe they missed at the deadline. Uh, uh, yeah. But Bryant becomes a nice red zone target. That's the only thing I can think. Um you know, Cooks, maybe not a red zone target, but Bryant's tall. You know, everybody talks that he's, he's still uh, – got speed and 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 he you know what's his vertical at 31 he's been out of the league can he still jump um you know and he said today in the locker room you know he's in shape but not football shape and he's been working out with deandre hopkins so i mean it's possible but that's the only thing that makes sense to me is he's a red zone target but then who's the odd man out is it michael gallup is it tolbert right well and you saw tolbert coming along for you against the eagles 
I worry, I worry about the Gallup deal, right? Like, I feel like when the ball has come his way, he just hasn't been able to capitalize on it. Uh, I still think he's a really good wide receiver. I just don't know if he's the receiver that he used to be before that injury. And I, I'm with you. I think they kind of missed at the trade deadline. I'm sure there would have been a team that would have been interested or taken a flyer on Michael Gallup. And I would have liked to have seen what sort of running back they would have thought they could have gotten. Now, with that being said, I don't think there was really anything out there. And I think we can all agree going after Derrick Henry. And maybe we can all agree. Maybe you guys loved that. I, I thought going out and getting Derrick Henry probably wasn't the smartest decision just because, I mean, we've seen what aging running backs, what their careers kind of grayed out to be. And then you would have had to given up something. I mean, I think it would be better if they, if he's outright released after the season, then you talk about Derrick Henry, but heading into the season, we all said that running back situation wasn't going to pan out. And it really has. Well, it really hasn't. And that's a concern. And I don't know if, if it's maybe blame to go around Tony Pollard, uh, the offensive line, Terrence Steele. <laughs> if anybody we can we can pick on after that Eagles game, it's Terrence Steele. He didn't have a good game, and I think everybody agrees with that. Uh, what what do you think, Jane? When you look at him, do you think maybe that injury is still hampering him a little bit, or he just has a bad game? I think it was just a bad game, and if you listen to Dak, he'll tell you the same. That defensive front is tough. I mean that that defensive front is essentially the reason why the Jets. You know, we, they talked about, you know, Jets ended up winning that game against the Eagles this season, but it was a battle up front. Um, and so I think that they were playing one of the best defensive fronts in the league, and I think it was just a bad game for Terrence Steele. I think it's been a tough year for that offensive line just in general this season. Uh, but I'm not willing to write off Terrence Steele, particularly when I know how high that organization has been on him uh, even before he came back from the injury going to be interesting to see how, uh, you know, I mean, there, there's just issues. And Tyron Smith, uh, illness now, the way he played <laughs> against Philadelphia, and I, I, I don't know if Mike McCarthy was serious or joking, uh, saw a tweet that they said they might not practice him the rest of the year. I think that's a great move. <laughs> I, I don't know that he needs to practice because all his injuries have come in practice. Just let him go out there and play on Sunday at this point in his career. Well, we didn't see him practice hardly at all last week, remember? It was really only that Saturday game, and, and we've seen that around the league. They're really careful with these guys. I mean, Tyron, I think, has earned enough clout in that locker room. Uh, he's been there long enough. They know that he approaches the game the right way. You know, their big thing is they want to make sure that next finger doesn't flare back up. When I talked to him last week, his whole deal was he wasn't going to be working out, but you know, he can work on his lower body. He can work on his upper body without aggravating that in practice. And so I, I think on the flip side of it, the only, like, the way you can look at this is being a thing. Hold on. Dog. No. We're talking about Tyron Smith. Tyron's still got that dog in him. Yes, he does. Uh, yes. And that yes, dog's got does. a big bite, too, I could tell. Yes. Uh, but I think with Tyron Smith, what we're seeing, I'm going to walk away from this dog. And he doesn't, he doesn't need the practice in order to be great. Uh, on Sundays, and so I think it's all about just managing that because what you don't want is that, that finger to flare back up. But going back to my point, as I lost my train of thought, you're getting some of these younger guys opportunities, the awesome Richards, the Chuma Adogas, and I think that's good for the future moving forward because I don't know if Tyron Smith is going to be part of the future. You know, that's a good point, and, and I think a lot of Cowboy fans feel that way. Uh, it, it, Hall of Famer, Ring of Honor, no question about it, but I think, you know, 
Father Time when it comes to that. And I think it, it is a good idea. How do the Cowboys feel about those guys that you just mentioned and, and some of the other younger guys that they have backing up uh, this current offensive line? Well, they've gotten meaningful playing time, both Chuma and uh, Austin this year. They're both rookies. But I think what they like about them is they're getting those meaningful reps. I think they're still works in progress. Uh, but that is going to ultimately be the future for them. But I continue to see in the draft, free agency, trade deadlines, they're always going to be looking to see what else is out there. But we've seen this across the league. The offensive linemen, there's a real issue with depth. Uh, I anticipate the draft this next year, 2024. They're going to be a real run on offensive linemen when you look at all of the injuries that we've seen this season. It's it's definitely there. So we had dogs, and now somebody's backing up. Are you in a safe area, James Slater? <laughs> I'm cooking dinner. It's a beef tenderloin tonight, guys. Nice. Well, well, I, thought, I nice. thought there was like a dump truck or something coming. What was it? Was was that the microwave or or your fire alarm? That is the oven right now. Like I said, I've got beef tenderloin in the oven. I'm about to broil it. So uh, yeah. That's fantastic. Wow, that sounds like a great dinner. Too. It does. Yeah. Multitasking, gentlemen. Multitasking. <laughs> Will we see photos of that dinner on your Instagram later? Uh, probably. You know, I could post my life on there. You know this, Jason. Because <laughs> <laughs> now I'm hungry and thinking about what I want, yeah, right. want, want for dinner. Um, Jane, from a, a big picture, you look at what's left in the regular season. And I saw this stat float around after the Eagles game. And, and I was I was actually in Vegas for the U2 and the Sphere, and, and some people at the sports book were, were talking about this, that the Cowboys are just so bad on grass. And then I looked up their record. The last couple years, it hasn't been good on grass, while they're incredible on turf. This year, 0-3 on grass fields. What? I mean, it's such a, a weird... Um, stat but it's consistent from last year to, to this year i and judging by your response i guess mike mccarthy hasn't addressed it but at some point what did the cowboys do to try to win a game on natural grass because i think about the playoffs in san francisco and in philadelphia those are grass fields that's interesting if you asked mike because i know you guys have him on during the week uh, you know they've obviously had the practice field outside with natural grass but they do find themselves practicing inside a lot uh and sometimes i you know sometimes i wonder why mike does that I, I, i'm like is he trying to play keep away from all the offices that peer in on the practice field i, I get that <laughs> um but yeah i don't know i don't know if it's just because you know you know with the stadium they've had i don't know that's an interesting stat i've never I've never really looked too much into that one. We'll get the boys in on Friday to ask Mike yeah. about that. That'd and be good. We'll ask Stephen when he's on yeah. tomorrow, but we'll get a, a, a non-answer. But it, it certainly I worked. bet you they'll be equally shocked. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and let's be honest. When you're talking to the degenerate gamblers in a sports book in Vegas, those guys know they things know, like that. yes. Right? Because I hadn't <laughs> thought about that. I'll tell you one thing you can bet on, though. They're not going to change it. <laughs> <laughs> very, That's very. Easy money right there. <laughs> very true. Uh, Jane Slater from the NFL Network. I know it's time for dinner because I heard the beeping. So uh, appreciate the time. <laughs> Enjoy that, Jane. Enjoy. As always. No problem. Eat Thank well. you, guys, and I'll talk to you next week. Hopefully we're talking about a win. Yeah. We better be. We <laughs> better, better be with be. DeVito or whatever oh his name gosh. is. <laughs> Good stuff. Follow Jane on all the socials at Slater NFL as Jane Slater joins us on the Buyers Barricades guest line where they provide traffic control, rental, and sales for San Antonio and beyond. 
online at buyersbarricades.com.